Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. And I like old school rap. That's my favorite. I like old school. Like Tupac, he's my favorite rapper. I love Tupac. He's been dead over 20 years, but his music still makes you relate to things you've never been through. Stuff you never experienced. You hear Tupac talk about it. You're like, yeah. I know what you mean, Tupac. I get it. My favorite Tupac song is Dear Mama. Dear Mama, that's the song he writes to his mom. In it, he got a line where he says to his mom, he says, even as a crack fiend, mama, you always were a black queen, mama. And I don't think my mom's ever tried crack. But that did not stop me from writing those lyrics on her Mother's Day card. <laughs> Tupac had me inspired. I was like, wait till you read this, man. This is from the heart. I mean, I mean this. Right, that was Ian Lara talking about Tupac. Uh, I love that. I love that bit. I am Tom Takar, of course. This is Stand Up with Tom Takar, and I'm joined as always by producer extraordinaire Coach T. How are you, Coach? I'm doing well. Doing very it's, well, actually. Oh hell yeah, that's good yeah. to hear, man. I uh, I love that Ian Lara bit because I relate to it so hard. It's about him being really into Tupac and him uh, writing uh, the lyrics to "Dear Mama" on a card to his uh, to his mom. And uh, the line is, "Even as a crack fiend, Mama, you always was a black queen, Mama." And I relate <laughs> to that so hard because I was also super into Tupac as a kid, and I made my mom a Mother's Day mix CD. <laughs> Really, <laughs> I put "Dear Mama" on there, and I didn't even think about like <laughs> even the as a crack fiend mama. It was like <laughs> my mom is like a, a white woman in, in, in Indiana. I, I'm truly curious if she enjoyed that. She listens to the show, so maybe she'll tell me. But uh, very funny uh, stuff. Anyway, uh, this is uh, we got a great show today. Um, this is a special we have show, our first man. we have our first guest, and this I is a big one. I'm dropping really bombs excited. right now. I'm dropping, dropping bombs. bombs. That, that's, yeah, boom. Yeah, I'm hitting. I'm triggering bombs right now. <laughs> I love I'm it to do that. I love it. I'm very excited to listen to that. Listen back to that. <laughs> 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 I could use it this week, man. I am going through it. I, I actually need to talk to Comedy Central about this. My, uh, my hard drive got stolen. Uh, I got uh, my car got fucking robbed this week, Coach. I saw that on Twitter, man, and it was one of those things where. I didn't know how to communicate to you because I didn't want to like it because then it felt like I liked it. You know? <laughs> well, I was proud of myself because I was immediately making jokes about it, whereas there's a different version of myself that would have been very devastated. And I'm trying to be a little more zen these days, and a little bit more chilled out. And I'm getting older. I just don't have the intensity that I used to. But I parked in a in like a very fancy like hipstery neighborhood and yeah. somebody broke into my damn car and what's frustrating is so my I, I i walk up i left my car overnight i had some drinks and uh i just left my car because uh my show the sultan room good god is popping off if you're living brooklyn 
check it out. Although this one's sold out. I, I guess that it's, it's going to be weekly, I think. But it's a rooftop show. It's safe. It's socially distanced. All that good stuff. Open air. Uh, every Wednesday at the Sultan Room. Very cool venue. But I go to park over there. I leave the car because I have some drinks at the old Sultan Room. And then I, I we, we get uh, Uber home. And I walk back to find my car the next day with a broken window. And I, here's what's annoying. People were like, you shouldn't leave valuable things in your car. I didn't have valuable things in my car. All I had was my Comedy Central backpack, which I'm devastated is gone. Hold it on. Said it Comedy said CC on the backpack? It said Comedy Central stand-up uh, half-hour presents or whatever. Because it, it was my half-hour backpack, and I fucking love that thing. It was Tom, I, my, I think I know what this is. What's that? I, I think I know the motivation. Okay, let's hear it. It's a cold world out here, and I think people who are creating joke mysteries want to stop you from solving joke mysteries. Oh my god, I knew it. There's deviants out there trying to get in the way of comedy justice. Somebody's they been don't following you. To to. <laughs> They're trying to foil your plan. Oh my God, you're so right, Coach. It was right in front of me this whole time. If there's a joke detective, that means that there's a joke Riddler. That's there's true. a joke Joker. There's, there's a, a joke drama Penguin. detective. Yeah. Yeah, you have villains. I think you're right. I think that uh, it was uh, Joke Sandman showed up and he. Uh, <laughs> so, so somebody has a hard drive of all the Comedy Central joints? That's right. So they're just laughing it up out there, wearing my laughing backpack. It. It's funny. Because it has, it's a backpack that has my credit on it, like my Comedy Central half hour credit. So now, I'm if I walk up on somebody, they're wearing a Comedy Central half hour backpack, and I, they don't look like any comedian I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think they stole it. Then I'm gonna accuse them. They'll be, they'll be like, "What do you? T- I did Comedy Central half hour five years ago. What are you talking about? This is <laughs> okay, crazy. Oh, shit. So there's gonna be leaked albums out there. You are a well, comedy DJ, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's dark stuff uh but yeah so somebody stole my damn backpack anyway we have a big show today i don't want to take up more time but we got a bunch of emails send in emails if you got questions concerns all that good stuff or if you want jokes uh if you if you're looking for a bit or if you want to make me and coach laugh i forgot about that uh yeah we make me and coach laugh that, if you got a bit you got you have an opportunity if you're trying to write some jokes Make me and Coach laugh by sending in your jokes. S-U-T-T-Pod at gmail.com. And like I said, we got some hot clips for you today. We have our first guest of all time, Adam Caton Holland. So what we did, I got a little sneak peek of his album for you. Semblance of Normalcy, and it's out now. And I've got a clip of that for you. And I had him show me some of his favorite comedy. And uh, so I let him pick a clip for you guys to hear today. And that is from Eugene Merman. So here are Adam Caton Holland and Eugene Merman. Hey there, Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show and Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a dad now. Gotta get cool dad habits. Dad pastimes. That's why I've full-fledged embraced birdwatching. Yeah, you're you're looking at an OG birdwatcher up here, and I will not apologize for it. I now know enough about birds to know that I know nothing at all. (sighs) I'll go birding with old men. 
70 and 80 year old dudes, dudes that put me in my fucking place. I'll be like, guys, I think I just saw a ferruginous hawk. They'll be like, really? Earlier, you thought a grackle was a red-winged blackbird. So why don't you get in the back of the line and speak when spoken to, boy? Ah. There's a term in bird watching, which is so funny, you're gonna think I'm making it up, but I'm not making it up. This term is jizz. And bird watchers use it all the time. It's not the jizz you're thinking of, it's G-I-S-S. And it stands for general impression of size and shape. And it's a bird watching term. Like if you can't get the bird in your binoculars properly to identify it, it flew away too fast. Based off of jizz, you can be like, well, it had the jizz of a hawk. So let's say hawk. It had the general impression of size and shape. It was the size of a hawk. It flew like a hawk. It had the jizz of a hawk. And it's fucking hilarious. And I'll be out there with these men, and they're like, well, that had the jizz of a robin, so let's just say robin. Jizz of a spotted towhee, let's just say spotted towhee. Jizz, 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 all the time, jizz, jizz. And I'm laughing, because I'm a child, but they're saying jizz so much, and it's funny to me. Nine times out of 10, these guys will identify a bird based off of jizz alone. And the one time that they can't, they just drink its semen. And then they know, then they know for sure what it is. I recently went on a, uh, a bird watching expedition out to the eastern plains of Colorado looking for raptors. There's a bunch of us that met up at the Museum of Nature and Science at 5 a.m. Took a caravan out there together. It was me and my wife and 12 150-year-olds. <laughs> And they had us gather there in the foyer and introduce ourselves to one another before we caravaned out together. So I was like, okay, um, my name's Adam, and I'm excited for a, for a big day of birding. All right. Got back in line. Now, bird watchers are a very quixotic group. Strange bunch. This next guy gets up there. He was an old fella, uh, cherubic, had a big beard, looked like Santa Claus. He gets up there, he goes, <clears throat> I'm Rod, and Adam, I will remember your name through the following poem. <laughs> and then he cleared his throat, he goes, <clears throat> Fleas! Adam, had him. <laughs> I was like, is this fucking happening? <laughs> so even though it wasn't my turn to speak again, I got back in front of the group. And I said, hey, Rod, I'll remember your name through the following poem. Rod, what a cocksucker. <laughs> you have made a very powerful enemy today here, Rod. Sorry, my poem didn't rhyme. I'm a beatnik. <laughs> Somebody told Rod I was a comic. He was on my dick all day. Tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. It's like, get the fuck out of here, Rod. You burned this bridge. I don't have fleas, man. <laughs> he goes, if you tell me a joke, I'll show you all these amazing bird photographs that I took. 
He proceeded to produce a camera from a canvas bag with a lens as long as my arm. This was easily a $20,000 camera lens, like safari quality photo lens. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'll tell you any joke you want to hear. You want to hear a short joke, long joke, racist joke? I don't give a shit. Show me those photos. <laughs> Told him a joke. It passed his weird rod test. He started showing me these photos, and it, they were amazing. Like, it was clear that this dude had cultivated this skill over decades of bird watching. And I was looking through his photos with him, and just in that moment, the beef between Rod and I was squashed. We were new, unlikely friends out there on the eastern plains of Colorado. Like, Rod would see a bird, and I'd be right on his heels, checking it out. I'd see a bird, Rod would shuffle over the best he could, and he'd check it out. We saw so many hawks, holy shit. I mean, Cooper's hawk, red-tailed hawk, obviously, but like, <laughs> Swayson's hawk, Harris hawk, Ferruginous hawk, prairie falcon, fucking what? <laughs> but you wanna see an owl. You're out there looking for raptors, you wanna see an owl, and I was the first person to see an owl, because again, my eyes are like 95 years younger than anybody in the... <laughs> it's like, Rod, I got an owl. Rod came over, framed it up in his camera, took a bunch of dope photographs that he later emailed the entire group. And I sat next to Rod on the car ride home, and I, I just thought about all we had been through over the course of the day, and I felt really close to him. I felt close enough to produce a piece of paper from my pocket, and I said, Rod, I don't wanna be the clipboard hero outside of Trader Joe's, but you and I both know they're fracking the shit out of this area. And it would mean a lot to me if you would sign this petition, which really just asks that they frack responsibly to protect the native species that you and I so cherish. And Rod looked at me like I was his grandson. He couldn't have been prouder. And he was like, Adam, I would be honored to sign that petition. And good for you for fighting the good fight. Your generation's gonna have to fix this mess. And he signed my piece of paper. And just like that, I became the legal heir to everything that Rod owns. It's uh. <laughs> It's called an inheritance transfer form, and you just download them from irs.gov. These old people, they're so lonely and like genuinely confused. I figure I groom three or four more rods, I'll be able to afford a camera lens like that in no fucking time. Fuck you, Rod, you don't come at me, dude. I play for keeps. On a fucking fleas, man. I did a bunch of shows uh, in London in the fall uh, with some friends, and after the first night, uh, we went to this bar, and we were walking down some stairs. British stairs, but like ours. <laughs> a little more arrogant. <laughs> and they took a little less responsibility for the Iraq war. <laughs> Basically the same. And I was walking, and I, I slipped, and I flew into the air, and I landed, and I dislocated my shoulder which is very painful, uh, it turns out. And the only way I knew how to fix a dislocated shoulder was from the movie Lethal Weapon, <laughs> where, where Mel Gibson runs into a wall screaming. So uh, instead my friend uh, squeezed me and yelled, didn't work. So we had to go to the British emergency room and I'd never been to an emergency room in another country. And uh, we went there and they were very nice. They're like, where are you from? And I'm like, America. And they're like, no problem. 
and the doctor uh, gave me morphine. And, uh, and as he's giving me the morphine, I look at him and I go, could you put on some Velvet Underground? <laughs> they didn't have any. They were just playing the Jesus and Mary chain. Way too discordant for a hospital. Uh, when I was there, I bought a phone, and, uh, and they were like, if you don't like this phone, you can return it. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I used it, and I was like, ooh, this is a terrible phone. <laughs> and so I brought it back, and, uh, and the woman was like, why are you returning it? I'm like, oh, I just don't like it. And she's like, no problem. And she starts entering my name and address. And uh, finally, she's like, oh, I have to, why don't you like it? And I'm like, I just don't like it. And she's like, no, I have to write down a reason. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, this phone believes in intelligent design. <laughs> She had to be like, the phone believes in intelligent design. And maybe just keep wanting to buy phones and return them. And just be like, this phone smells like chocolate. <laughs> I, was, I was in the bathroom of this cafe and somebody wrote on the wall of the bathroom, they wrote, just because you stole my chalk, doesn't mean you stole my voice. Agreed. Chalk is the least permanent form of political discourse. However much I wish that Hitler had written Mein Kampf in chalk and just been like, oh, I had this whole thing about how the Jews are dirty rats, but then it rained. Oh well, I guess I'll go back to painting. I hit a guy on a bike with a door, uh, with, of a car, not like a door I carry around to be like, stop saving the earth. <laughs> By accident. I opened the door of my cab and, uh, and I hit this guy and he started screaming at me and he's like, look where you're going, you broke the law. And I'm like, look where you're going. And we're just sort of yelling and I look down and I see a bike lane and as he's screaming at me, I look at him and I go, sorry, I was wrong. He was so mad. He was like, no big deal. He had to go home and be like, I met this really nice guy who hit me with a door. It just made me want to cut people off in traffic just to apologize and be like, sorry, that was my fault. I asked you guys to ask me questions to give you guys advice. Uh, to write down questions on note cards, and here they are, and let me give you some advice. Just answer some of your questions. Well, where should my ashes be placed after I die? Good question. Uh, inside the mouth of a fat kid. My consciousness keeps projecting into my dire wolf. What should I do? Get a job. I'm thinking of becoming a Jew. Any advice? Yes. I recommend God choosing you. To be one. It's not a burn. Isn't that the thing? I'm Jewish. I should know. I shouldn't be asking you. But I believe God has to choose you to be very special and despised for thousands of years by all the world's governments. 
What should I do if my girlfriend has become comfortable with shitting while I am her house? If you mean in her house, you should totally deal with it. If you mean she is like, you're in my house and I'm going to shit at you, that is a legitimate problem. One, you should make her move out. And you should definitely not let her use you as a bathroom. I don't know what you mean. Uh-huh. How many cats is an acceptable number to own before you're considered crazy? Two. At three cats, it's like, what are you doing? And that's the three cats is the gateway to coke and stuff. <laughs> What's a creative way I can let my boyfriend know how much he means to me? I would say dress up like Batman and pretend uh, that his penis murdered your parents <laughs> with your butt. Can you recommend a vehicle that will handle well in snow and ice without compromising fuel efficiency? <laughs> Helicopter! <laughs> How do you deal with a small penis? I really have no idea. Uh, <laughs> and then with it, advice for online dating? Well, I definitely wouldn't lead with that. How do you get three college-age children to move out of your house? Ooh, raise them better. That was fun. All right, that was Adam Caton Holland and Eugene Merman, and we are back, and we have our first ever guest on the show. You just heard him. Adam Caton Holland's here. Hey, how are you guys? Good, man. Good to have you. What? Uh, I love that clip. Uh, you don't know what we played, but we played uh, your bit about bird watching. Oh, I love good. it. There's, I, lo I listened to the whole album twice last night, uh, one because uh, I love it, and also because I was uh, trying to decide between which clips to pick, because there's Dude, a lot of gold in here, baby. That, that's so nice of you. I can't believe you listened to the album twice. I'm I, I had my little <laughs> chisel on me. I was mining for gold, and it, it was plentiful. I felt Look, like I was in the gold rush in uh, San Fran back in the day. Well, and there's very, very little touring stuff. going on, so it's like, if you want any of those bits, just take them, and if you get out there first, <laughs> no, one, no one will know they're not yours. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that. So the album is called Semblance of Normalcy. Yeah. Uh, when did you tape this? I taped it uh, September, October 2019. Um, Did you already have the name picked out, or is it no, uh, not, in not reflection at all. of COVID? Okay, okay. It, well, I was just going through the um, album, and there's one there's one bit that I really like about this. It's called Prices and Participation May Vary, and it's about this guy who goes off to Vietnam, and he comes back, and the world has changed, and he's not ready for it. And uh, it just kind of talks about people that no longer fit in the current landscape and shouldn't because of their antiquated views. And so it was kind of semblance of normalcy was was what that guy was seeking in that bit. So I thought that it seems works, pretty perfect. It works so well. It's great. And uh, the album art is great. Are you doing Zoom shows and stuff? 
I've done a few Zoom shows. Uh, the first one I did, I kind of just wanted to wade in, and it's like, okay, I guess this is the new landscape. Let's check it out. And it made me so depressed. Like I was, <laughs> I was, I was missing comedy bad. And then I was like, let's try it. And it was just you know you talking into your computer. And my timing was all off, and you couldn't hear laughs or anything. The, the format wasn't dialed in. I've since done a few where you can hear laughs that are better, but for the most part, if people ask me to do Zoom shows where I do stand-up, I'm like, can we just talk like a podcast? Because <laughs> right. it's not going to be funny if, you just, if I just you know, clumsily, very woodenly do stand-up to my computer. <laughs> it's not, not what I'm seeking. When you sure. did the Zoom show, did you like hold a microphone and stand around and stuff? <laughs> I didn't hold a mic, but it felt weird. So, like, that was another thing that got me off my game. I just not, don't know what to do with my hands. Um, the only thing I'm glad I did was that in the middle of it, I was like, all right, let's check in with my wife and see what she thinks. And then I just turned the computer around, and she was just holding up a six like like a judge. <laughs> six. And I was like, all oh, right, man. That's, that's the highest she's given me so far. <laughs> that would actually be a great show for just like Instagram or something if you're just working on material and your wife gets to rate every joke, although it could cause an end to a relationship. So yeah, uh, by the end I don't of the think show, I can handle that. <laughs> The end of the show, there's just like a knocked over wine bottle. She's just asleep on the table. <laughs> uh, and are you in LA right now? Or are you in Denver? I live in Denver, so I'm in, You're Denver, in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, that is great. That's got to be nice, at least, to have, you know, Denver instead of instead of being in uh, the cesspool that is LA right now, like coaches and like I just was. I'm yeah. in New York, and they're doing park shows. I just did a show in Central Park over the weekend. Dude, and I don't know everything. which is worse. I, I I think here's the thing. The for I I feel like uh, we're so desperate to to get back that I the first time I did it, I was like, this is great. It's almost like comedy. There's no microphone or anything. You're just shouting in the park. And part of me thinks maybe it was a fever dream, and I just showed up, and I I've lost all track of what civilization is. And I'm like, I'm doing a show, and. Uh, Really, it's just me screaming in the park. But yeah, I mean, uh, this, this is how we yeah. all become those mentally ill people, just walking <laughs> down the street screaming. Like it's this. They're all f left over from the Spanish flu. Like they were comics. <laughs> this is the only outlet they have. Uh, I, I truly think that could be real, unfortunately, because it feels like that when you're screaming, especially. I don't know about you, but I've I've written a little bit in quarantine, and I've realized a lot of the stuff that I've written is for. I've done it on Zoom shows where you're kind of it's like doing a studio album. Like you're not you're not writing any of this stuff for people really. It's just what you want to say and do. And then screaming it in a park because you don't have a microphone and some of it's dirty. You're like, God, I'm a dirty old man. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, I think that show could have given you a mic and a PA. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of this show, but I feel I like think this is. I think legally they might not be able to do that because uh, it's like God. a. I think there's some sort of park laws, but it's. It's been. They are getting crowds, and it is cool, and they're paying comedians. So if you live in That's New York cool. and you want to check that shit out, it's in. Uh, there's like four different. There's a whole park circuit now. You can run around and do like four spots. <laughs> <in> park circuit. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> this guy, this next act, one of America's foremost park comedians. You're gonna, you're gonna love this dude. Give it up for Park Ranger Jeff, everyone. Park Ranger Jeff. Uh, he does parks and drive-ins all over the country. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Very dark.
Hey, there hey, Adam. Go, just because I'm a nerd and I'm and I pay too much attention to acoustics, what venue and city did you record your album in? Ah, it's uh, it was in at Helium in Portland, Oregon. Oh, uh, that's a great yeah. club. It was just the first time I had played there, and I knew it was a good club, and I had this hour I was proud of, so I was like, let's just tape them. Like, I didn't have any destination in mind at that time, but I just kind of felt like this would be a good weekend to tape it. And uh, I'm really glad I did, because lo and behold, we go into pandemic, and I'm like, well, I got this album, and I've managed to get it out to the world, so I'm excited. Wow, that's, that's a brilliant move. And I think from now on, I think that a lot of comics, myself included, are just kicking ourselves for not re- recording anything before this that could be an album. And it's great that uh, that was ready to go because, like you said, who knows when we'll be able to tour again or record. Right. I'm sure there's all kinds of comics that are just like, God damn it, I was so close to recording an album. I know, I know. And I'm sure some of that stuff will still be fine. But. I think there is also an urge and a recognition amongst all of us. Like you probably should toss out everything you had before this. I know. And, I and find start myself. Over. I did one weekend. We t- we talked about it here. It was when the numbers were all going down. It seemed like everything was gonna be good. And I did one weekend, and I was like, "Nope, it's uh, shut it back down. It, this was stupid." Um, yeah, I and understand, somebody man. in the venue had like got corona, so I was like, "Oh shit!" Like wow. Uh, not from our show, but just in the, it was in a giant building, and somebody got it, and I was like, oh, great. Now I'm going to go home, make my girlfriend sick. I'm going to feel like an idiot. Um, anyway, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your your taste here, because I, I sent you um, a message, and this, how, this is how I want to do these shows when we have guests, because uh, my job on here is to pick clips each week, and I like to give I like to get to know... Uh, the comics that we're going to have on by having them pick clips. And you sent me quite a great list of comics. You have incredible taste, and which, I mean, it's very similar to mine. Um, I, uh, I, <laughs> I really like love... little pat we, on the back for comics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you sent me um, that you love uh, Canaan's Trader Joe's bit. Unfortunately, I don't think that we uh, even have that on Comedy Central, uh, but it's a killer bit, and you should look it up because... Could, uh, Trader, the Trader Joe's uh, founder, I believe, just uh, passed away recently, and uh, that joke is very relevant, but um, it's it's one of the best, but we just played Kinane, and then Rory and Dana Gould, I love them all. I decided to go with Eugene Merman, because we hadn't played him yet, and I he was on, honestly somebody I kind of hadn't thought to play, and I do love his stuff so much. Uh, me too, so you me can, too. Uh, we played a clip where he talks about... Uh, Hitting a cyclist with a car door, which uh, and then immediately realizing he's wrong and apologizing, and I love it so much because in New York that's a big thing where you're just you fuck up and you want to be angry and you go that's ah, on me, and then just seeing something get diffused. I, I love his sense of humor. Uh, will you uh, just talk a little bit about Eugene Merman and uh, what he means to you? Oh my God, he means the world to me, and we're only like vaguely friends, but. Uh, so back in the day when I just started doing comedy, I was pretty new to it and, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't grow up worshiping at the altar of stand up, so I didn't really have great taste and I liked <laughs> stuff that I heard at the club, you know, like in the, it was club comics and I, I've, I, my home club is comedy works. They bring in great acts. I, I remember 
thinking Dave Attell was the best thing ever, and I still think Dave Attell's amazing. But then I was working That album as recorded a, there. We talked about Comedy Works a few weeks ago when we played yeah, uh, some of Skanks, Skanks for the Memories. Skanks for the Memories. And I remember that was my go-to album. I was like, Dave Attell's the best. This is the funniest, period. That was what I was thinking. And I was working at a newspaper at the time, like the Alt Weekly in, in Denver. It's like the Village Voice of Denver. And uh, the music editor got a, a comedy CD, and he just threw it on my desk. He's like, hey, you do comedy. You'd like this. And it was Invite Them Up which was Eugene Merman and Bobby Tisdale's famous show, and it was like a two-CD compilation. And, I mean, it had everybody. It had all the dudes from the state, early Berbiglia, early Eugene Merman, or, I mean, not Eugene Merman, Dimitri Martin, Aziz. And I was like, I liken it to that scene in the movie. It's like a 70s movie, and the cool older brother gives the younger brother an album, and he goes and puts the old-school headphones on and like lays back in bed and has his mind blown. That's what it was like. It was just like, here is indie comedy. And uh, after that, I just chased after Eugene Merman and pestered him to get on shows and eventually got on shows and met so many great friends through that. So I've, I've always loved what the world Eugene created in New York. Absolutely. I had a similar thing where I was also into, I was into a lot of stuff because I did watch so much comedy as a kid. And I, I was like a little altar boy or whatever of uh, the comedy world. But... <laughs> I hadn't seen Eugene Merman, and a lot of what I was seeing was... That's got to be your was... title, Little little Alter Boy of the Comedy World. <laughs> 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 I, um, I was used to, though, I like I was going to the Comedy Attic a lot in Bloomington, Indiana, and I was seeing a lot of club comics that I loved, and then I went to see Flight of the Concords, and Eugene right. opened, and he had a theremin and all this shit. Actually, I think he came to the club with a theremin, but... Uh, he just had such a weird style, and he, it was when he was doing his postcard bit, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind that you could do that, and I just loved it. Uh, we don't have a ton of time left. I wanted to get into, because you also sent me a lot of Reggie Watts stuff, and I listened yeah. to it, and it was great. Um, what And you said uh, we could you, you might want to talk about what is stand-up comedy to you, because Reggie does something so different. And so cool, and it sounds cool. And listening to it, I was like, "God, this is so different from what I do." Totally, <laughs> oh, totally, it's and like so interesting and fun and cool, and, and brilliant I've never been and cool. Yeah, and you're kind of just like, "Why do I even get on stage when the guy can do that?" Like that's the show everyone should be watching. But I don't know. I feel like Eugene opened that door to the world of like experimental and and in my mind, certainly with Eugene, like more literary. And it's very goofy and silly, but you can just tell there's a deep intelligence underneath all of it. Like, it's almost like these guys are so smart they can attempt the surreal, goofy shit. And I, I like that because I've always wanted to be a writer, and I, you know, I, I just like books, and and this just seemed like a smarter breed. And then Reggie just does, you know, it's it's clearly funny. It makes you laugh, but it's also so musically great kind of like the flight of the concords like the reason yeah. it works is because the music's so good they're such good musicians and then they just decided to be funny on top of it and i think reggie does that albeit with a with a five track that, and just doing shit you've never seen before yeah he definitely turns it on its head and it and is I, true that oh, sorry, uh, Tom. oh no, no no go ahead go ahead well i was just gonna say i think a lot of time especially when you're a younger comic you spend a lot of time thinking of like that's not 
my type of comedy or that's not comedy or or people are quick to be like if this guy is not up on stage 500 times a year he's not a comic and then it's like who cares like these guys i'm so glad that reggie watts decides to grace comedy with his presence and do right. whatever vaguely comedy-esque thing he's doing up there <laughs> like i just tired of labels is it is it cool did it make you laugh then great go for it yeah i think that uh reggie watts and what and what you're talking about of like what is it and uh def- over defining it really breaks it and i think that the time we're in right now proves that because who the fuck knows what stand-up comedy is going to look like coming out of all this and right. i think that widening it as as much as you can is only going to help you um For sure. and so these guys eugene and reggie widened my horizons of comedy hmm. absolutely adam thanks so much for coming on man we appreciate you this yeah, so I'm fun. so happy so nice. to be the first first guest. First and last, they're going to pull you aside and be like, <laughs> we, the numbers dipped really, really low this week. But uh, that, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We love it. And uh, you, were, you were great. And uh, definitely check out the album. Like I said, I listened to it twice. And I Man. listen to comedy all damn week. You think I'd be tired of it, but not when it's as good as something that Adam Caden Holland is putting out. So check it out. Semblance of Normalcy out now. And we got one more bit for you guys, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, This is a clip from my dear friend, Logan Gunselman, one of the funniest people I know. And this is from her set on Comedy Central stand-up featuring, just a heads up, this is a bit of a dirty, dirty little joke for you, so put the kids to bed. And here is Logan Gunselman. In my my spare time, I've been been banging a younger dude. Something I've been doing. To the people that wooed, I did not say how old yet. <laughs> because he's 12. No, come on. That's not, it's not that bad. He's 25, I'm 29. It is a stupid age gap, though. Like, I've been having to learn how to use Snapchat. That's exhausting. <laughs> and him, him and his younger roommates, they've been introducing me to, to new problems that I've never encountered. Like, I went over the other day, and everyone was arguing because someone had come on the Roomba. Sorry, in case you didn't hear me, uh, you know the circular robot vacuum, it cleans your house for you? Yeah, someone got cum on it. And they were all fighting over who did it, and I, I was way more hung up on how it happened. You know, I was like, was this an accident? Was he in the throes of passion with himself? And the Roomba appeared, right? Was it on purpose? Is this a fetish that I'm unfamiliar with? You know? Or, or the Roomba, which is a smart vacuum, was it trying to anticipate the mess? You know, catch that shit like a football pass. Also, the 25-year-old, he's, he's the only male roommate living in the house. Ha- like, it was him. He did it. <laughs> 
All right, that was Logan Gunselman. Check out that full set on Comedy Central stand-up YouTube page where you can see all kinds of good stuff like full hour specials, and they got a bunch of these com- these little Comedy Central stand-up featuring sets that are so good, and you got to finish this one that I just played from Logan Gunselman. It's killer. And if you like the show today, uh, just like Netflix has their algorithm, this is the Tom Takargorithm. If you like Eugene Merman, I suggest you also check out Ian Abramson, and if you like Adam Caton Holland, check out Andrew Orvidal and Ben Roy, fellow members of his Denver comedy collective, The Grawlicks, and email us at suttpod at gmail.com with comments, concerns, joke, detective, all that good stuff. Rate and review. We appreciate it big time. Share it, subscribe, all that good stuff. And on behalf of Coach T, I'm Tom Takar. We'll see you next week. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.